Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight. Right, we're good to go. We're straight in, boys. It's late and, you know. Good enthusiasm to start off with, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, let's do it. Let's just do it. Fuck it. Well, um, I just want to smash it out. No, no, no. no, no, Yeah, yeah, we, we. I'm not putting a time limit on it. Whatever. Um, I just want to pre warn any listeners that they might hear young little Molly Moohead if she's. I'm currently having to babysit and record at the same time. Babysit like you can babysit your own child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just in case she lets out any funny noises. She hasn't been great last hour, as these two now know. These two. Um, yeah. So, sorry, I just thought I'd pre- pre-warn. Pre-warn. Babies are predictable. They are. They are. All right. So, uh, we've also got Johnny on. Johnny, how's it going? It's been all right. It's been, it's been a fairly busy day. I'm, I'm hitting 23,000 steps today. Sure. Nice. Sure. Do you walk the mountain? No, that's 22,000 steps in work. Oh shit, <laughs> that's a lot of walking around. Does that mean you had a, a busy day at work or a bored day and you've just been walking around? And basically had a shaft in from the morning to night. Yeah, but what but you said about yeah, but you said something about work. Yeah. And done up the shaft with work. Done yeah. with the shaft. Yeah, but no. <laughs> well, I thought if you had a shaft in and then you said something about work as well. And a shaft and then I went to work, then another one I came home. <laughs> Less about that. How's Eliza? Funny enough, she's got a bit, she's teething, she's coughing. So she goes through these little phases where she coughs and won't cough at all in the day. Then when she goes to sleep, she'll cough for, I don't know, five hours maybe, four or five hours. And then she'll stop. Usually about 12, 1 o'clock. It's just what you want, isn't it? Mm. Um, right. Right. How's the how's things going with you apart from babysitting? Uh, yeah, right. Obviously, we've we've been an ill family this week. Not been very well. Same, same on this side. We've yeah. been. Uh, I, I I kind of like get over illness really, really quickly. To be fair, like a couple of days, whereas something else might like, like Alex is still suffering, but um, I'm pretty much on the other side of it now. Um, by tomorrow, I'll probably be pretty much fine. Uh, whereas she's still sniffling away and coughing and. Uh, yeah. Ours hasn't been cold. Ours has been, uh, unfortunately, some type of virus, I think, or bug. Oh right, so right. shits as well. No, I've not. Had, no, no one's had uh, the shits, Edward. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been vomiting. I don't know why. Summer was oh. sick Tuesday. Like summer, summer's it was never a sick baby. She was like, I think you could probably count on one hand how many times she was sick as a child, which is obviously quite rare. Um, she just, for some reason, Tuesday, my mum took her off in the afternoon to look after her and she was sick three times. So I must admit, I think, I can't, remember, I can't remember if I felt a bit slightly off Monday or Tuesday. It might have been Monday or it might have been Tuesday, I can't remember, but I think it was Monday. Um, but I felt like I had like maybe a bit of indigestion or, or digestion problems. Like I just felt full. Like I didn't really feel sick, but I just felt full, which is a bit strange. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I obviously definitely weren't quite right. Um, but I could still eat all right. Like I said I hadn't been sick. I had no inclination to be sick. I just felt a bit like, I don't know, like I say, just indigestion or, or full, as anyone can describe it. However, Jenna's since been sick. Uh, my mum's been sick since. 
Uh, I think my dad's escaped. My brother-in-law said his symptoms were very similar to mine, like just felt weird for a couple of days and like um, indigestion-y and, and full. So yeah, God knows what that is. I think the weird thing for me is I felt like, I think, I think it was the Tuesday, I felt like my abs hurt. Like when I first said I felt like full and sick, I felt like touching my abs, felt like I'd done a load of crunches and I just got really bad doms in my abs or something. That's what it felt like. So it's like sensitive or sore to touch. So um, all a bit strange, really. Um, I went out for a jog on Thursday, and I must admit, I nearly died. So I went out to d and did my usual kind of like route of a run, and um, I had to take about two minutes a mile off my pace. Like I ended up doing like over fifty minutes or something, which like bear in mind I've been doing like forty three, forty four, because I just felt like I couldn't breathe. Every time I expanded my lungs, my lungs just hurt. So mm. undiagnosed, whatever that is, but weird, isn't it? Not good, not good. I did some. Um interesting studies when I was at university about uh, like your immune system with uh, intense exercise and how doing intense exercise so like long distance running cycling things like that how it, it then um, so your immune system is weakened after doing that and then uh, it was looking at whether you were then more or less susceptible to colds and um, things like that uh, off the off the back of the exercise and then we're having like a supplement to see whether that uh, if those who were on this supplement long term, whether they were more or less susceptible to uh, getting these kind of like immune diseases, well, not immune diseases, but like basically like the colds and like illnesses and stuff, um, whether you were more or less susceptible on the supplement. Um, I never found out the results, but uh, yeah. I remember you saying, I remember you saying that. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, I just, I don't know, for my, this thing is just weird because like I don't understand. Or like, I'm not obviously a physician or any medical professional, but I just don't understand really like why having some sort of sickness bug would make me feel like I've got cystic fibrosis or like fucking, I don't know, influenza or something, the flu. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, a bit weird, a bit strange, but there you go. I think yeah. I'm over it now. I think I'm over it. I think the sickness for everyone, like Summer was only sick literally for half a day and then she's been all right. I think yeah. most, most it's been all short-lived. Obviously, I've not been sick, but... Obviously, I've just had this weird lung thing where I can't yeah. I can barely breathe. Weird. Very. Have been dying this week then, Johnny? If I have a cold, is that sickness? No, not at all. I don't get it. I'm a beast. Well, yeah, yeah, the Welsh guys are made of tough stuff. <laughs> hey, hang on a minute. Everyone's been sick and I've not. That must mean I'm made of tough stuff. Well, tough, slightly tougher stuff. But well, before you know, like other people might have died having this. Well, look at you. Yeah, well, lucky you lot for me not dying. <laughs> who would be who would be here to record the podcast otherwise? Speaking of dying, I know this is like quite more, but speaking of dying from like really, you know, tiny issues, who's watched that Bill Gates documentary? No, no, I've not. It's good, and he's he's obviously he's a big he's a big what do you call it? He's a philanthropist when he talked to charity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, they were in, uh, I don't know what then, but it was people dying of diarrhea literally every day and millions a year yeah. of diarrhea. Yeah. Mental. He's like, I don't know how was it possible. How was this happening? Like, what, I mean, how are people, what you mean is in how do people die of something so simple this yeah, yeah, day and age? Yeah, in the 21st century, we've flown men to the moon. You know what I mean? We've got electric cars, but the people die of diarrhea. Because people <coughs> are fucking greedy, Johnny. Every man for themselves, isn't it? There's plenty of wealth in this world that people could help support third world countries, but we just don't bother, do we? Yeah, him and Warren Buffett, yeah, that are ploughing so much money is mental. 
mental. Nowhere near enough, I, though, is it? No, I think I think Bill Gates last year put put in like eight billion. Mm. Billion. That's mental. Hashtag, so. hashtag tax break. <coughs> Probably, but that's one of the right phrase, isn't no, it? I'm joking. I'm joking. You, what you should watch is really good. Well, at least he gives a, a pound a month to cancer research, though, so. No. Don't know what I've seen lately, speaking of cancer research, is a few people have posted this and I've had to go on and give them some of my thoughts about it. Um, the cancer industry doesn't want to cure cancer and making too much money, I just think, you you dicks, and so I'm thinking. And there's someone, someone who's been in our group telling like, you're a dick. I bet it's the same like crowd as the anti-vaccine crowd, isn't it? Probably, yeah. It triggers me every time. That and CBD oil, that's another one. And, <laughs> and ketogenic diets. And transgender athletes. Yeah. And a, sh- <laughs> and a sheep with a bumhole sh- um, on show. Did you see, that, did you see the, the post in Body Duty Composition when they've basically gone and said the trans athletes who've gone and like stopped testosterone are still... Still, it's been proven, obviously we all knew anyway, but it's been scientifically proven that they still have an advantage, so basically, you can all get the fuck. I, I, my layman's brain doesn't understand how anyone can't think that someone that's gone through puberty with, um, I suppose, male sex hormones, um, I, don't see, I, don't, just, I don't see anyone can't think that doesn't provide a lasting effect or advantage. Obviously, that's yeah. I, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't really know the science behind it. I'm not, you know, I'm not that well versed in it. But it feels very logical to me because we all know that men carry more muscle, or they start with more muscle mass than women. And that's largely due to like their level of testosterone through pu- puberty, when you know, little skinny runt kids turn into like men. Um, why do people think that, like? That then that advantage doesn't carry over when they then decide to obviously they want to compete as a woman. Just it, it, it's either ignorance or being retarded. Um, Definitely, but, definitely. Well, I don't think it is retarded necessarily. Retardedness, and then you, we shouldn't even be using that word, Edward. Anyway, so don't be offended. Don't be offended. It's only words. Um, Actually, I heard a really good quote on my days. Whose podcast was it? Someone's podcast. Oh, actually, no, I know who it was. I know exactly who it was. It was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and that was a, I think he must be like a US politician or someone's looking at um, running for a politician space. But anyway, he said something along the lines of he's not offended by a lot of stuff because, like, I think what the quote was now. I'm going to absolutely butcher it, but something like, just because something is offensive doesn't mean you have to be offended. I quite like, I quite yeah, like exactly, that. Yeah. I quite like you that. Choose- yeah, you choose to be offended by things, don't you? Like, um, and I think also if people tell you you should be offended by stuff, then you are going to be offended by it. So, like, if um, it's like the whole kind of, and um, also the meaning behind it as well. So, like, there was a guy, so a guy who I kind of grew up playing hockey with, and he wouldn't be bothered if his friends called him whatever. Anything, uh, he was about half cast. And um, his mates would call him. Mixed like, face, the I think, is the political correct term. Come yeah, on, Ed. 
And fucking um, hell. He wouldn't be like the people would call him sort of all sorts of the son, his mates and stuff, and he wouldn't be bothered because he knows there's no, you know, it's all jokes or there's no like malice intent behind it. Um, but and then he would know like if somebody who he didn't know was calling him, probably there was some sort of uh, negative sort of things with it. Um, so it's kind of it's one of those, isn't it? Like if somebody came up to me and called me like I don't know something really derogatory so as a white person, like I'm not going to be offended because it's just not something that would offend me, and because I've not. You, you haven't grown up to um, you've grown up to n- know that's offensive or that being offensive by calling you that. Um, you've, got white, you've got white privilege anyway, so you can't be offended if someone decides to be racially abusing you. Well, yeah. is isn't it like that? Is it that Man City player? They, they said, "Oh, um, he should be fined for it because he made a." Um, ah, you're talking about yeah, you're talking about um, Bernardo yeah. Silva. It's like they know each other. It's just a bit of banter. Ben Men, he didn't give, he didn't give a shit because they mates, and that's how they work. And people go, oh, "It's offensive." Why didn't you just fuck right off? He, he, two friends having a banter. Shut I, up. Uh, Mendy's written like uh, some sort of letter of support for him, haven't he? I can't remember what he said. What did he say now? He, I can't. Remember, I can't even remember now what it is. I remember hearing it, thinking that was funny. Though. It's just like, oh my god! I don't know. It's just fucking stupid. Anyway. Off topic again. Uh, anyway, I was just saying about the word um, Ed using the word retard or retarded because obviously we shouldn't really be using that word. Um, however, going on to the point of why I use that word is I don't actually think necessarily is because people aren't particularly smart around um, their thoughts on you know transgender athletes and stuff. Um, mainly because there's a lot of smart people still arguing the case around around the validity of it i suppose now i don't know whether again hand hands up not very well versed on this either but i don't know whether it's maybe because it's like a couple there's almost two sides to it one is obviously the the physical attributes or physical aspect of like the attributes the 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 fact that my personal opinion based on what i know and read and just kind of logically there is an advantage physically but there's also the i suppose ethical moral bit to it like as in like you know ethically morally we probably you know should we be allowing um transgender athletes to compete now that i i kind of agree with you uh johnny and i only i think the main because obviously i'm all for equality i'm all for inclusion i'm all for making sure everyone gets to you know do what they want to do However, I do think there is a group here that people are missing that are severely being affected by it. And obviously, that is women athletes. Like, biological women athletes, uh, to use that phrase, obviously are the only ones that here that are going to be detrimented because it's going to almost kill women's sport if basically male-to-female athletes are allowed to compete against biological females because they will start mm-hmm. dominating women in every single aspect of like yeah. physical sports. Unless it's more of a skill-based sport. Yeah, um, and the only ones that are there's like a you know like point zero 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 one percent of the popular of people where is it an African lady where she just has like ridiculously high testosterone like it, it's so ridiculously high that she could be based on her testosterone she's identified as a man or whatever like there was the, um, which we kind of came out a little while ago and when they kind of changed the 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 rulings and it kind of all came out because of this woman who was a woman born a woman and and everything but she just had like crazy crazy high test um 
And, uh, Sorry, yeah. I missed the start of that. What, you talk about Semenya, the... the... Yeah, yeah. Mate, she was born a man. She's got XY chromosomes. Well, there was the whole... What's it, though, wasn't there? Because she didn't have both bits or something. And... No, she, well, she was born a man. She had XY chromosomes. I think, like, there's a lot of, obviously... Um, this happens a lot, obviously, where people have um, both male and female sex organs. Sometimes, obviously, like testes mm. are born, uh, testes are, um, or developed testes inside of them, they never drop down. So, obviously, they do produce, produce testosterone, which obviously, I guess, has happened in her case, where she's got very high levels of testosterone. I think a lot of people are arguing the fact that, well, has that testosterone um, actually given her the advantage? Well, I'm sorry, she's wiped the floor of everyone like yeah. in oh, her, yeah, yeah, in her sport. Yeah. So. I think that probably concludes the fact that she's probably got an advantage. It's no, it's not. There's, yeah. there's no one even close to her. So, it would take, wasn't chopping a man's balls off. What would happen to him? So what do you mean? Other than yeah, it hurting a lot, got rid, got rid of the fucking. You can't produce fucking testosterone anymore. What would a man look like after not being produced testosterone? Of course, guys get the sniff all the time. No, not sniff, but chopping balls off fucking totally, having no tear producing, no test producing, no nothing. Yeah, Ed, you need a bit more research on vasectomies, mate. I don't think that stops you producing testosterone just because you have the snip. No, it's just the way Johnny said, if you chop the balls off. <laughs> I think getting a snip and being castrated are also two different things. Yeah, but you would be like, you wouldn't be the same. You wouldn't be the same, would you? This could so quite possibly. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. But then I don't know what point you're making because obviously that's kind of what we're we're kind of yeah we're kind of arguing against that though, aren't we? That you know, if you stop testosterone production in men. And they then uh, transfer gender over to a woman and compete against female athletes. We're still saying they do have an advantage, and not that they will. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it won't be the same as whether they're still producing a shitload of tests. But it doesn't mean they still won't have an advantage because they obviously do. Do you know what I, I think it's interesting? There's obviously studies going on at the minute. Um, I can't remember what lab it is now, but there's some studies going on at the moment around the longer term effects of anabolics and steroids, and basically how long they obviously think that. The, the effects of those last so that would be interesting because i i guess there might be different mechanisms and stuff and they may not be completely relatable but say like the the results of these studies come out in a few years and it's like well actually we now realize that people that take steroids you know for a year in their 20s still have increased muscle mass in their 30s and 40s even though if they stop i guess there'll be some sort of level of transfer potentially in the same way like obviously for transgender and and obviously male to female Athletes, is it? Uh, do you know Dr. Scott Stevenson? Mm. Well, he mentioned this, and he said when people take gear, the satellite cells is whatever they, they produce more satellite cells and they stay forever. Yeah, yeah. well, I, yeah, yeah. I think I'm not sure how. I think that's the, I, I think that's a hypothesis. I don't think they know. That. No, no, there's studies on it, um, and that's why you get that like what they call muscle memory. So when you have been big before and then you kind of like you, you have muscle wastage or whatever it's easier to get back um and you kind of gain that muscle back maybe not to its full extent but you gain muscle back quicker than somebody trying to build it from from sort of like the first off um there was a i can't remember what the study was called now but yeah it was all based around satellite cells and all that sort of stuff uh, i don't think it was in athletes um that were enhanced but it was um, yeah it was i think it was in natural athletes but they looked at guys who had built muscle over the years and then uh, stopped training. Their muscles kind of fell off and uh, they were able to um, gain them back again. Uh, a lot easier than somebody building them from yeah from the first time around. I'm, I'm still not sure that's definitely proven. I'm I think like... it's a bit under-researched, but there's definitely more than one study out there well, on it. 
I learned satellite cell proliferation, obviously in SBS and some other stuff that I've done. Um, mm. But a lot of that was, um, although obviously the, the theory of satellite cells, and not, not a theory, so obviously the function of satellite cells are a thing. Obviously, there was this thought about they, you know, once that happens, that's it. They, they stay forever. But I don't know whether that's just theory, that part, or whether that's actually thing. Maybe, we should, maybe this is a topic to get some researcher, some expert on to actually talk about muscle memory. Get that I'm, uh, I'm sure he'd love to jump on. Um, anyway, rather than us just kind of throw really rubbish ideas around, because obviously we don't know enough about it, um, or maybe we don't continue with the most offensive episode of our time so far. <laughs> oh no, come on. Um, well, we've just gone well off topic, talking about rubbish. We never, we never had a topic to start off with. No, this is true. <laughs> this is, Although uh, I have just fired the topic into the group, so uh, you can all see. <laughs> no, no, of course we had a topic. We didn't, we didn't just cut on and just start talking. Mm, so I think some weeks we do. <laughs> Actually, we had one episode one time where we, me and Paul, I think were the only people on here, and we changed the topic after about 10 minutes of rambling and just decided to do something different. <laughs> I'm sure we've done that more than once, though. I'm sure we have. Probably. Um, anyway, so um, I'm trying to bring it back to where we were, and I can only think of when we started rambling on about transgender athletes. So I don't know where we were before that, other than something about me being sick and something about Johnny not being sick. I don't know. Being a beast, basically. Being a beast. Um, also, if anyone wants to know what's happened with my week, my knee has kind of swollen up this afternoon, a bit randomly. Should get a run in. No, it wasn't a running, I don't think. I think it must have been something I've acutely done uh, on my leg session this morning. Didn't don't remember right. anything specifically happening, but I thought, oh, my knee feels a little like tight. And now all of a sudden I look at it and it's now like quite a bit bigger than the other one. Runner's knee. Runner's knee. No, it's all right. My my knees my, well, I had a knee problem from running, it's actually got better after I did some physio rehab on it. Shout out to Chelsea. So she helped me out. Yeah, Chels. Chels. Active eight, active and then eight physiotherapy. I can't remember what her Twitter handle is, but someone go give her a follow because she's very kind and very helpful. Fun enough, I had a bit of a sports massage the other day. I bet you did. Quite nice. Yeah, I bet you did. If if they had inserted in places because it's tight, it makes it tickles me. I bet they tickles you. Yeah, it tickles like. Was it an unexpected happy ending? Huh? Is it an unexpected happy ending? Oh, oh that tickles. Oh, no, it's going off. I'm seeing a neck. It just tickles. I was going to say he's got kids, then that was very likely to happen. <laughs> I uh, I went to have a sports massage once, and he got digging into my, um, like, just above my scapula, and uh, he found it was really, really tight, so he then started working there, sort sorted that out. He says, have we got tightness anywhere else? So I've always had very basically tight glutes and um so he found kind of like the the real tight knot in the top end of one of my uh, my right hand glute and uh, he started just digging his knuckle in and i like started flapping around like a fish on the shore it was it was so painful <laughs> i was just like flapping around on the table <laughs> squealing <laughs> it just hurt that much <laughs> so it, it didn't last very long and he's like yeah i think we're done <laughs> uh, was that your massage or was that Alex? No, that was the massage. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. You yeah. just said something about not lasting very long and you being done. Oh, no, no, no. I hadn't changed topics. Don't worry. Who's <laughs> he when Ronnie Coleman with DVDs and he's getting a massage and she is like, 
slamming his lats and that hurts, didn't it? No movement, sleeping. So the freak, these freaks, these freaking bodybuilders, aren't they? Freaks, nothing hurts. Like digging it up with your lat, just sleeping through it. That's what, I, that's what a thousand milligrams a day will do for you, mate, probably. Exercising most people's from in, I don't know, bodies. Um, shall we uh, get on to some sort of not ramble stuff? Yeah, let's do it. We have ramble for 23 minutes, so uh, why not? Right, Ed, lead the way. Um, okay, so we wanted to... Uh, basically, something came up with a, a newer client of mine where I was talking to her about a previous coach that she worked with and we were kind of going through the things that, that she'd been doing with them and what we could kind of continue and such. And in the conversation, I was kind of asking about what sort of goals she'd been set before. And she was telling me that she was eating between 150 and 160 grams of protein a day. Now, for most men, that would be pretty high, um, unless you were a gym-going male. And then that would be kind of like may- maybe a little low, but um, depending on your, your, your weight and I say, height. I say, whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. I easily eat 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, so now we're talking about a small female who doesn't really even go to the gym. Um, and yeah, smashing that much protein. It's probably like double, if not more than what most women would consume when they're thinking about eating protein, let alone somebody who maybe doesn't even think about eating protein. Uh, they probably eat like 40 or 50 grams a day. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that kind of got me thinking about, well, how many other things do people do? They're trying to get healthy, um, and maybe lose a little bit of weight as a side effect, like what we've talking about, uh, spoken about over the last few weeks. How many other things do people do um, as like maybe uh, the following advice of somebody who is telling you how to change your diet for aesthetic reasons or for performance reasons um, and not so much for, um, for for health, like their, their advice isn't for health. Um, so yeah, so we thought we'd maybe come up with five different things that people may get confused or get lost in translation. Um, yeah, so I think the first first one we did obviously I've kind of touched on it a little bit already was 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 protein and kind of the common maybe misconceptions of how much protein you potentially need to eat um for for health and just to improve your health um and to make you feel full compared to if you're somebody who goes to the gym three four times a week and is aiming to to build muscle um so that's I think that's a pretty good little starting point means we've already spoken about that um John Boy what are your thoughts on that well, if you're doing both, if you're looking for health and you go to the gym to do resistance training, you are inevitably going to need a bit more protein than someone who doesn't go to the gym. But to aim for two grams a kilo, which is a rough ballpark figure of what people tend to consume when they got physique goals, which obviously can become quite daunting especially for women to consume like obviously you mentioned 150 60 grams ever as more women is quite a lot um especially if you're not used to eating that when you've just got health goals and you're not you haven't got a time frame of i need to be in this condition in this many weeks you just go i want to be a bit healthier lose a bit of weight then <clears throat> you don't need to be going to two grams you could probably just go to right where do i sit naturally if it's like 0.4 grams then you could probably go out go a little bit higher than that. But you wouldn't need to worry so much because 
you're not looking as such to be super satiated all the time and obviously being high protein obviously helps you feel fuller for longer if you've got general health goals you probably haven't got a time frame so if you eat a bit more one day then it, it doesn't really matter as long as you're covering basic what's the idea 0.8 grams per kilo yeah just still not a lot no, it's not a lot of what you like. I think, <clears throat> I, I, I think I, we, that's not enough for people who train. So if you're training... I'd, I'd, um, well, I was just going to say, I don't even think it's enough for general pop, personally. Probably isn't. No. I think, like, I mean, especially if you're dieting, you've got to think about, obviously, to kind of even maintain your muscle mass, you want to be getting up to the 1.4 grams, probably. Um, I mean, I, I, know, I, I think there's... Okay. What I was just going to add to it, I think, is like there's a, there's a there's a there's an optimal thing here, and there's a an unexpected thing, and then there's like a, you know meeting a client where they are, like you say, if someone's eating point four, are you going to be able to say, can you just add an extra one gram per kilogram on top of that? Or they might not be used to it, they might have no ideas how to do that. I don't know. Obviously, it's a coach's job to, to kind of give them the ideas and stuff, but I think it just might be too much of a change and too much. A hard work really to even just get get from eating very little protein to eating all the protein in their eyes so i guess there's this this thing about we know like you know you want to hit the the kind of around the the 1.4 mark probably even for general pop that don't you know aren't looking to increase the muscle mass um but is it really kind of like something that in in real life realistic terms they can actually kind of manage like if they if they do a 0.4 you're obviously not going to do 1.4 straight away you so I wouldn't say that's a big deal. You can go right. You did 0.4. Let's take it to 0. I don't know six, and let's see where you go. Give them a list of protein foods because in reality, 100 grams of protein day is so easy to hit with the right foods. If you know what you're eating, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not saying you won't be full because if you're a small woman, it's going to make you full, but it's easy to eat. I mean, what's a chicken breast? 35 grams. What's a protein shake? 30 grams. You're already on 65. And it's easy. It's nothing. But if they're not used to eating that, they might feel fuller by eating that much more. Just take them 0.8. Does that really matter to their long-term health goals? No, not at all. Then over time, you can get them up to 1, 1.2. Whereas if someone was looking for physique goals, you would say like 0.4 is not enough. 1 is not enough. You need to be up 1.5. 1.6 and above and obviously having that conversation with them is going to be more difficult if they've got physicals before just general health what what will... sorry mate go on i forgot what i was going to say now i was just I... all right i'll just i'll interject then while while we're kind of talking about it i mean it, it kind of reminds me of of like what i've seen with either people in our group or in our own clients sometimes as well in that um it's kind of related to this this topic but kind of not i don't know but one of the things we like with protein is we obviously know that it's got a, a really good effect on appetite through um obviously increasing satiety what i tend to find is that and maybe part of like the the fitness industry's own 
what I'm trying to say. It's, it's maybe it's like their own issues or problems necessarily, or, or cause no issues or problems. Because obviously, we know we all like to promote. You can eat whatever food you like. You can eat all your favourite food, and you can still lose weight. Blah blah blah, which is obviously true. You know, as long as you adhere to calories and energy balance. However, it's also not necessarily true that just because you can mean it's the right thing you should do. I should still eat all your favourite foods and all the things you like as long as you maintain energy balance. Because obviously, that might not be very good for your hunger levels, and therefore might make adherence a lot lot harder. And I think like. Trying to get someone's protein up, sometimes they, it could, you can get a bit of resistance because they still want to eat the foods they like. Now, I'm going to call her out, uh, Ed, so I hope you don't mind, I suppose. But uh, obviously, this reminds me a little bit like Susan was saying about, obviously, one of your clients saying about how she was obviously having her like, falafel for lunch. Obviously, like my gut or like reflex is a bit like, oh, that's like great. And I know you really like falafel and you should probably have it. But like you could definitely pick something that's going to be kind of more appropriate for uh, a weight loss diet, i.e. going to keep you a bit more fuller and uh, have, you know, a better effect on society, a.k.a. let's just increase that protein amount. So I don't know if, I, I mean, it's kind of related um, in that we're not necessarily saying, obviously, you have to get your protein levels up to, obviously, really high amounts, like Johnny's just said, for someone that's trying to, obviously, gain muscle mass or, or like, trains hard, i.e., you know, 1.6, 1.82, grams even, um, which, obviously, a lot of us would, but... I think like just if you're not eating a lot of calories and you're eating falafel for lunch, you're probably not getting a lot of protein in your diet full stop. I don't know. Where have I gone? Where have I gone uh, with that? I think it's right because I, I think it's the last few years if it fits in macros is big and it does not serve the general population most of the time when they don't understand when they've been treated on a diet for their, for their entire life like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of eating garbage. So if you were to say, oh yeah, keep doing what you're doing, you can still lose weight, they're like, mm, maybe not, because I've done this for 40 years and still overweight. It, it's pushed far too much. And it's almost now, like you can't say to people, I know the word clean isn't, you know, sorted with very good thoughts, but people should be eating, quote unquote, clean, because... They diet is horrific, and they shouldn't really. Most people should not be IF. Yes, don't don't say you can't have them. It should be used in particular situations, like you know, if they go if they're going out socialising twice a week, they should say, "Look, you need to fucking cut that out." If you want to lose weight, it ain't gonna happen. They say, "Oh, I go out once a month with the, with my mates. We don't see each other much apart from this time." Then, yeah, it makes sense. You can use if it's your macros for that but it ends up being what shit can I fit into a day that fits into my calories and you see it all the time with people look what I got look at my flex bowl piss off the flex bowl for one and then you end up trying to force shit into your diet when you don't need it and then you look at it you look at the food diet think mm, this diet is not good no. so yeah I agree with you saying yeah then or, or then people look to like protein bars, not I'm not sure they're bad, but they'll make up their diet of protein bars to get their protein. It's like, ah, no, because they're like a, they still see the same calories as a fucking chocolate bar. It's not really that satiating, really. It's 220 calories. You could have better options than that. So they end up going for these, like, they want, ah, I want to share these friends. Oh, I did, I love my protein today. I'm going to, Oh, one of the cookie brands. I was like, that's 350 calories. It's like 15 grams of protein. It's fucking shit. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I just looked at the protein. I said, yeah, but look. When, when people rely upon those for upping their protein as well, like, yeah, okay, if you you can add them in here and there, but when you put pretty much solely relying on them to uh, to hit your protein, like, it's, yeah, so it's the quality of protein in there. And also, how many of these, like the cookies especially, so many of these companies get put on blast because they um, – they have no any of the amount of protein in them that they would they would, they would say that they're supposed to have in there. Uh, there was a thing on Watchdog where they went through loads of different protein powders, protein bars, uh, and protein cookies. And the cookies, like nine times out of ten, were the worst because they were like half the protein that should be in there. But because it's not really that tightly regulated, they can get away with it. Um, so people are like relying on yeah, fifteen grams of protein. I mean, one cookie, one bar, and one shake a day, and then eating no meat or anything like that. Um, and then they're actually getting probably like half the amount of protein they want. They're, they're, they're supposed to be getting or thinking they're getting. And it's most likely because they bought a, a cheap brand as well, which hasn't been regulated, hasn't been tested. Um, and yeah. So just to bring it back to obviously, I guess, like the original point is that um, you don't have to go super high protein. You know, there is certainly a different level of protein required for someone that just wants to improve the health, lose a bit of weight. Um, compared to someone that is obviously doing it for more of a physique, a physique, a specific physique, I should say, a goal or you know like a real performance-based goal, etc. So I just wanted to run out because obviously we went off a bit yeah, on, on yeah. different stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I suppose kind of like linked in with that then. So it was also uh, lifting in the gym. Um, so I think a lot of people kind of may get scared off a little bit, and I know we talked about gym going a little bit in the last few not not last few episodes but last kind of few months we've spoken about the gym here and there and about progressive overload and all that sort of good stuff that you do need if you're wanting to build muscle and you're wanting to keep progressing in the gym and to keep getting bigger and keep getting stronger um but on the flip side if people are just wanting health and excuse me just wanting to uh remain active and to um you know just increase their their quality of life uh, for for more, for later on in life, um, should they be using progressive overload? Should be they be you know training to one rep in reserve and all these sorts of things and being super duper consistent every single week um, and training four or five times a day of a week? Oh god, four times five, five times a day that'd be brutal. Um, should they be doing that, uh, Johnny? Should should they be training that them being that sort of consistent and and hot on it if they're doing it for health? You're you're paused, mate. You're paused. Uh, they're muted even. Ah, there we go. I still think they need to be consistent, and I think they need to need some uh, resemblance of a plan to follow. Because if you're older and you build some muscle, then it's going to have beneficial health, beneficial effects for you. For when you get older, if you hold more muscle, then if you fall. You can catch yourself easier, which is a, a real thing when you're in the 60s and 70s. So you probably do need to gain some muscle. So you probably do need to look at progressing somehow, but it doesn't need to be as anal as, right, three reps in reserve, two, one, deload, blah, 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 and go again. Because it's just like, people just want health. I'm probably just going to get like, yeah, like, fuck, am I doing that? Maybe just go, right, let's just get better on a, whatever, squat or favorite exercise. Let's see what I can do and just track one or two things over time and make it more, make it fun. 
Like I said, I tried when I was Wonder Woman PD and she was like 75. And she enjoyed doing like TRX squats. She went from like one to like 35 and she was happy just because she was like getting better. So she was progressively overloading, just not the case of like three ups in reserve today, zero next week. So I think they do need, you need, do need some resemblance of a plan, but it doesn't really need to be, you know, hard and fast, you know what I mean? Whereas, obviously, with if you're looking for seat goals, it does need to be as optimal as possible. Brizzle fits anything to add? No, I I completely agree. I think um, just doing anything, just do. I would say if if, if your goal isn't hundred percent physique related, then I'd just say do something you like. It doesn't. We would always encourage resistance training. Always encourage some form of um, weight training because for the health benefits. Um, bone density delay and obviously kind of sarcopenia as you get older and just kind of generally being more metabolically healthy and stuff brilliant do it but if you don't enjoy it don't worry about it I would say just get out and just do anything that you do enjoy um, whether it's the dreaded running recycling a sport of any type you know just do something you like that's what I would say also, yeah 100% if you ask a lot of people if they say oh, I want to I wanna be healthier and if you say oh, do you want to look better how many of them are going to say yes? Probably a lot. Mm. So there does need to be some progression for them to be able to look better. Yeah, I think if they're in the gym and, and training and they, they, they enjoy going to the gym, getting them on some sort of progressive overload plan is only going to increase their excitement about going to the gym, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that conversation with somebody who enjoys the gym uh, and weight training uh, is definitely definitely worth having uh, but like Brett said if they're not too asked about lifting weights and stuff like that just going out and about and doing something even if it's just walking the dog for you know an hour a day or whatever it's it's all going to help become more healthy um, I was having the same conversation with a client this this week uh, who uh, she started playing hockey and like doing a bit of back to hockey and stuff and she was just saying how much fun it is um, something she's not done since school but how much fun she was she was having doing it, and um, which, which which is that, that's what it's all about. Um, uh, more so than I, I don't think I've ever told anybody you need to go to the gym and walk on the treadmill for for this long. Even when I've had clients um, prepping for competitions, I've sort of said, well, or photo shoots, I've said, well, you know, we can equate uh, what we would normally sort of like say, right, okay, you've got to do this long on, or this many uh, calories on a treadmill, uh, you can convert that into steps and go and do it outside, because it's so much more interesting than just walking on a treadmill, because it is possibly the most boring thing in the world. Uh, but if that's all you've got access to, that's all you've got access to, or if you don't want to go and go to a gym class, or you don't want to go and play team sport, or you don't want to go out walking in the woods or something, then if that's all you can do, then that's all you can do. But it's boring as fuck. So, yeah. Anywho, um, so moving on to... Oh, I've lost my list. Uh, there we go. Um, so we kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier on about um, people who just, like, smash any old food just because they've got the calories to do it. Um, and I think when you're trying to become a bit healthier, naturally you end up following people who are in the more kind of 
uh, the fitness influencers or whatever crappy name they want to give themselves. Um, and they're there like, oh, yeah, I'm eating this burger today and I'm eating those nachos later. And they're kind of doing a massive if it fits your macros type thing. So people are looking at them going, well, they've got abs. That must be a good thing to do. So and then they start doing it as well. They start um, thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm sticking to these calories so I can smash all the burgers and um, and stuff like that. And it's OK to do for a day, but for for being healthier and if you're wanting some like general weight loss, you need to have a bit of a, a change, I suppose, in your um, in your day to day habits. So by making them worse, by eating more sort of quote unquote junk food, um, it's not going to make those habits any better um so flexibility of dieting brett kind of what do you think what do you think there's a fine line between being flexible and unhealthy um um so i very much was someone that used to calorie hoard quite a lot because i could because obviously you know flexible dieting bro and stuff i'd end up being like i don't eat like a pigeon for the rest of the day so i could have like two thousand calories in a fucking macro bowl in the evening and i used to kind of like always justify it to myself like oh yeah well that was adherence bro adherence trumps everything you know and obviously i can i can stick to it so that's my preference so therefore it's the right thing to do but i don't know if it is really um certainly in terms of like a like food variety and hyper palatable stuff i think like obviously being overly flexible makes sticking to, to obviously energy deficits or any calorie balance a lot harder so just increasing food variety and stuff. So certainly for me, I think like I I I I think like it's not it's not you, you can be flexible to a point, but I think you obviously have to also check yourself at how flexible you're being. Certainly, if you're starting to have adherence issues, I suppose is probably what I would probably kind of say. Um, but obviously, if you align it to kind of obviously like the the more po- uh, podcast topic of saying obviously you know how flexible does someone or how flexible can someone be if they'd kind of just like general pop looking to be a bit healthier and stuff and lose a bit of weight over time versus someone obviously that has like more of a time goal. Obviously you have to be far more rigid and have a lot more rigidity when you've got a time goal and you probably can't afford to be as flexible for the the, the reasons I just said around kind of food variety, stimulating obviously um, appetite and potentially making it hard to stick to your diet because obviously you've got no leeway or room to, to obviously maneuver should you, if you've got a time restricted goal anyway, or you've got a lot less Whereas I think, like, if you're just general pop trying to be a bit healthier and lose a bit of weight over time, I think you definitely can afford to just go, do you know what, today I'm going to just take a pause. I'm going to basically just, you know, not necessarily, like, binge my, as in, in the word of Edward, binge my tits off and, um, you know, like, undo four weeks' worth of progress because I've con- consumed, like, 96,000 calories over a weekend. But I think if you just, like, you should be relaxed mentally enough to be able to go... I know I'm on a diet and I don't want to lose some weight, but you know, I'm in London once a year and I've got this opportunity of having like the best burger ever. So therefore today I'll maybe eat a bit lighter, whatever else, but I know I'm gonna be going over my usual calories, so therefore I'll probably just maintain today or I might go into a slight surplus. And I think you should be allowed to be that have that kind of like type of flexibility. Um if you as I say, kind of don't have any strict or like real um rigid time goals. Do you think, Johnny, that um, so on that? So if somebody then starts using that as an excuse, have you kind of ever encountered that where clients have gone, well, there was this, and and then there was this, and then there was this, and then before you know it, like 
three out of four weeks, they've made excuses every single day, pretty much, or every other day. Have you kind of come across that a lot? I've seen that a lot. All this sounding thing, not with the girl's thing, not here. You goes on for you, educated, but if they go out, you can drink this alcohol if you must. You can do this if you must go to a restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And they end up, don't know, I've had a couple who think because they know, then they should. You know what I mean? You should think they can, then they do. And it's like, well, hang about now. Why put it in perspective? Why what do you want to achieve? Physique goals. Well, what you're doing is not optimal by a long way. And not only that, you're freaking out to the scale weight because of what you're doing. So you're picking yourself up. So I would suggest wrapping it in and using um flexible dieting like it should be used, like what Brett said. Write them out in London. It's the one chance a year I'll get to do it and crack on. But to do it once, twice, three times a week, I've seen it, people drink it four times a week and again, you were a knockout on the head. Not only because you're on the way to alcoholism for one, but it's not conducive to your goals whatsoever. So yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, and I think, like especially with like the drinking thing as well, where you, oh, I've definitely sort of reeled clients in with the whole, yeah, yeah, you can still drink at weekends and, you know, still make progress. But once they start making the progress and you start to say, well, if you want to make more progress, you've got to knock it on the head or you've got to minimize it, things like that. Um, I think you slowly start to make them realize that that's actually the downfall. Uh, a lot of the time is things like the, you know, every weekend going out for, for food and for beers and, and then not moving all weekend because you're too hungover or whatever. Um, so how many sort of like, just using alcohol alone, but how many alcoholics lose so much weight when they stop, um, when they, they stop drinking so much? Um, it just shows like how many calories that are, are in booze, and, and if you're drinking every day or whatever, um, how, how much of a thing, like, how much of a difference it can make? Um, it's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely, I think reining it in and, and using it, using a bit of flexibility as and when needed. But um, yeah, you you you've got to consider the fact that if you're just smashing loads and loads of like quote unquote crap food all the time and uh, macro. Uh, uh, nutrient sort of light food foods that haven't got a, lo- a lot of nutrients in um it's you, when are you having those nutrients um so when are you making your body healthier which is kind of your goal your goal isn't to be a professional eater um so unless it is i think dieting especially physique and health exposes what your friends are really like as well because how many people have you seen will go out to make the effort not to drink because they don't want to drink and people say yeah go on one word how about you piss off because you can't do it don't try and force me to do it get out of my sight and I find out a lot of people especially oh, it's only one burger it's only one this it's only one that well you remain how you look leave me to me changing how I look and you will find if your friends if you listen to this and your friends keep telling you that they ain't your fucking friends they want you to conform to what they want to do and how they feel because they can't do it, they want you not to do it. Absolutely, and like I've, I can kind of see that in your your stag group, uh, stag do group. Um, how they've kind of the guys have said not 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 slagging them off, but how they've said, oh yeah, yeah, you know, Johnny's not going to be drinking much and stuff like that, and they they kind of get it, um, and uh, and they kind of they know, so uh, which is quite quite cool to see. Um, say yeah. look, yeah, you could buy me a drink if I don't want it, I ain't drinking it. 
I don't care <laughs> what stag do is, where I am, who I'm, it's not fucking happening. But you'll only ever have one stag do, Johnny. <laughs> I'm like, a, I want to remember it. <laughs> Best stag do ever, because you remember it. Heavy one, right? I will not do anything for two days after, because I was a punch. And we learnt that with Matt Morgan. The case is, I bet people do all that. If they've been inserting groups who drink heavily, when you go out to drink water, it's like I've asked a water at a bar, they look at me stupid. I'm like, mm. get me a fucking water or nothing, or I'll leave. So look at me like I'm gone off. Or are you all right, mate? Yeah, I do want water. For Christ's sake. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so, even now, when we know so much about health, compared to what we used to, like, even 10 years ago, people still question you not drinking alcohol when you go out. I think it's fucking mental, I do. It's a funny one. It's a funny one. Um, okay, so I suppose kind of going into the next sort of step onto that is uh, the, like, the psychology of, of the, like, the health side of things, the psychological health. Um, so in terms of... Um, sort of like lifestyle changes and kind of the way you look at things as well. So if you've got like a, uh, a physique, like a timed goal, like you've got a photo shoot coming up or you're wanting to do this or that, and you kind of got like a time limit on it. Um, you know that you can stick to something pretty like short and sharp, um, which is, you know, maybe very low calorie or, uh, it's very kind of like training intense, you know, you could stick to that because it's only two months or three months or whatever it may be. Whereas if I think you've got like a longer term goal to become healthier, to lose a couple of stone, things like that, I think you've definitely got more of a a lifestyle change ahead of you. Um, Brett, have you kind of encountered anything where, um, or do you, are you uh, have you ever used it where you kind of used like a shorter term approach with longer term clients? Um, I suppose that's a, a different way of asking the question. I'm not sure what you mean. Say again. So have you ever used like sort of, so what we might sort of deem as a short term approach to like short shot blitzes, but have you ever used that with maybe a client with longer term goals where they've maybe got a couple of stones to lose? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, uh, certainly the the literature out there shows how um, successful kind of like very low calorie diets are and the motivational buying you can get from it. And I've used it with clients for that reason, because obviously, albeit like they've definitely got a longer term goal, which is, you know, you're not going to be able to go that hard in a diet for as long as maybe required to get to their goal. Um, even if they've got, a, you know, a, well, if they've got a significant amount of weight to lose, you're not going to get someone on a, on, well, it's obviously also relative, I suppose, but let's say a thousand calorie diet um, for a, a, a long period of time, because they'll just, you know, they'll burn out, they'll, They'll just feel too fatigued. They'll um, just get bored and just not want to continue. Um, but to be honest, if you tell someone it's for a short period of time um, and they then get kind of like this reward of seeing really quick results, it ca- is really motivational. And I think the literature very much kind of suggests that. So uh, it's definitely something that I think is a really good tool to use and something that I've used with clients just as a period of getting some really quick results, getting some motivational buy-in and stuff. And during that time, you can then start to kind of drip feed some education and stuff. So then you can kind of then get out a bit of a backup plan afterwards where you then maybe just obviously go, go to a, a less harsh diet or maintenance phase or whatever you think period two might end up being. But um, I think it's something that can be useful in a lot of circumstances. And certainly within the fitness industry, there's a certain like niche or group or, you know, like certain subset of culture there where, Oh no! You never should. You can never put someone on a low calorie diet like a thousand calories. You're going to starvation mode. It's ridiculous. 
actually I think in reality it can actually be a really good tool for people mm, yeah yeah nice yeah yeah so I think with that kind of point I think it, it's a bit more like of a, an old way of thinking like you say that you can't if you've got a long-term goal you've got to have a long-term game plan and not so much kind of like short sharp bursts and then maybe I, I'm doing it with a client at the moment just to kind of keep the buy-in um we're kind of saying right okay well let's lose a pound this week let's go short and sharp um and then if we kind of lose that this week then we'll change the game plan for next week just because if you keep the same game plan for more than a couple of weeks um like their motivation just disappears and they're just like wandering and and don't stick to anything so it's just kind of like with with this particular client just keeping things sort of uh, mixing it up for them uh, and changing things um so uh yeah so i, I can definitely kind of uh, echo that um Johnny, do you think you kind of have to change your mindset at all for longer and shorter term goals? So a short term goal, probably like a physique time goal, a longer term goal being more of a health and, and, and a larger weight loss kind of goal? I think for physique goals, especially going forward to shoot bodybuilding, you ain't healthy really at that low body fat. You've got to get on your head, even though the process as such is healthy. Um, eating, you would hope, mostly quality foods, nutrient-dense foods, training hard, blah, blah, blah. Then <clears throat> compare that to someone who just wants to be healthier over the long term, who's not doesn't really care how long it takes to lose two stone or whatever. They can take as long as they want and hopefully not get into the get into trouble that maybe physique athletes get into. Obviously, there's a lot of it, especially with females of bulimia, all that sort of stuff, body obsession. Hopefully, if you're looking for health, even though you do need to break it up into smaller chunks, right? I need to lose roughly this much weight. But over the next month, I'd like to lose two pounds, three pounds, whatever. I think psychologically, that's easier. Because you don't need to do extreme things because you know, right, they've got real... All I want to do is lose two stone over the long term. I'm not in a rush. So I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> hope, not make needless choices. Like, if a physique athlete's got 16 weeks to prep, if they really mess up one day a week, every week, they ain't going to get in shape. Pretty much simple as that. If some, if that so they are going to do things, if, they, if they'll do the binge... Purge cycle, right? I've overeaten, right? Fuck, I got 15 weeks left, right? Let's cut calories back. Oh, I can't stick to that anymore. Oh, let's binge again. Oh, I can't stick to that anymore. And it ends up being a disaster for a few people. So I think when you've got longer term goals, you don't need to, um, I'm not saying it can happen, but you don't really need to do as extreme things. If you've worked and you're like, oh, we are, I fancy beer tonight, you can have them. It doesn't really matter. Because you know long term, you've got longer term goals, no time restriction. So I feel psychologically, it's easier. But I think you do have to have mini goals to be because otherwise you'll just be indefinitely, oh yeah, I'll do this. And you never really get to where you want to be. Mm. So I do still think you need to have small goals in between. Actually, this month I need to lose three pounds. You know, this must say to lose two pounds or, or even a range of between two and four pounds. So things like that. So I think psychologically it's easier, you would think, if it's done intelligently. 
Yeah, yeah, some chunking things up, which is good. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like what you say I was doing with that with that client, which is, I think it's needed with a lot of people with longer term goals. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, break it up. Um, so I suppose like the last kind of thing um, goes on with what what you were sort of starting to say then a little bit in the middle about body appearance and stuff like that and body expectations. Um, and I think this was kind of like a, a good point Brett brought up when we were discussing what we should be talking about. So I don't know if you want to sort of expand on it a little bit at all, Brett, sort of the difference in body expectation between having a shorter-term aesthetic goal and a, a longer-term sort of health and lifestyle change goal. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it's necessarily like a difference. I think it's more a case of like being like comfortable and confident in your own skin is like almost underpins all of it. Because obviously if you are confident and comfortable in your skin, you might even say, well, why am I even bothering with a physique goal? Like, what, like if I'm actually comfortable in my current physique, why am I actually working hard to change it? Um, which is, I don't know, I sometimes I think to myself, like, maybe that's true. And maybe, obviously, we should all be focusing more on, like, the body confidence movement or, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, the haze or health at every size or that type of stuff. I suppose it's really a different subject. But a lot of those kind of things do kind of interlink on the same ideas around kind of, you know, not a diet culture, um, or anti-diet culture, um, I say body confidence or body positivity, etc., etc. I think we could definitely learn a lot from them. I think anyone that's actually tried to lose weight could learn a lot from from them in, in that at least that part of the aspect of being more more. I suppose like I, I've said before, more confident and more accepting of yourself. But that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to what in your eyes or what you see as improve either. I think that's maybe the thing that I don't think they get necessarily right. So I think people can be confident in themselves, can love their own body, etc., and love what it does, but still want to improve it. You know, still still feel like losing weight would improve it or still feel like, I don't know, getting fitter and healthier. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where I was really going with the point other than I think like, Certainly, general population should focus more on that. I think. I think general population of someone that wants to be happy and healthy should probably focus more on the like almost like the health at every size um, culture. Because um, for those listening, and we've said it before in other podcasts, like health at every size isn't necessarily like that that concept or or culture or that group that isn't exactly what it sounds like. Literally, like it's we're not necessarily saying that you are healthier every size. So when I say that, don't don't take it as that. Take it more around like you're less focused on weight loss and more focused on healthy behaviours is basically what it's meant to, to mean. So like every if you can be healthy every size by focusing on like eating well, exercise and blah, blah, blah. And if weight loss is almost like a um, side effect or a symptom of that, brilliant, you know, the, the, then great. But obviously like weight loss isn't necessarily the focus. And I think of like maybe... If you're just looking at becoming healthier and stuff, that might not be a bad way to go for a lot of people. Is basically, I suppose, is where I was going with it. Because I think if you if you can work, and obviously none of this is going to help you get there. Because I, I, as as in, like, I'm not going to give you some magic secret sort of formula now to become really body confident and really, um, you know, like all this self love about you about yourself. Because I'll be honest, I, I I I don't know enough about that kind of like culture to to really kind of comment too much on it, but. If you could get to that bit, put it this way, if you know, if you could magically just switch, click a switch and you were all of a sudden very confident in yourself and had loads of self-love around your body, then who's to argue that actually, you know, 
maybe you shouldn't lose weight because you're happy. That's the main thing. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, do you want anything to kind of add, add to that kind of thought process? So, no, I don't think so, really. Oh. I just think. I was just gonna, sorry, sorry, mate. I was going before you go on because you'll probably like this, or you'll probably want to add us on this bit because I guess this might even be going through your head anyway. I was just going to say there is a caveat around, I suppose, as long as you are kind of within a healthy weight range is probably the easiest way to say. And obviously, there is um, it, that's obviously a wide range. There's a lot of people that might be seen as kind of heavier or overweight or have a higher BMI that probably still have quite reasonable health markers because they do a lot of the stuff that I've said around um, like the health for every size um, crew promote um, and vice versa obviously you're going to have like people that might be in a decent BMI range and actually have quite poor metabolic health and poor um, longer term health functions because obviously they don't do a lot of that type of like healthy behaviours that we all promote so I just didn't, I was just going to say caveat obviously all this self love and stuff as long as you're obviously healthy as well then because I think the two have to coincide you have to almost have like a healthy weight range and be you know happy with yourself um, I suppose you just take it away from this ideal of what your body should look like you know you shouldn't have to conform to an ideal as such yeah you don't turn up to the pearly gates with your BMI score do you? You, 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 know, you turn up with everything else don't you and that's the, the reason why you're there because other things weren't in place but um, yeah no it's uh, I, I think kind of like my sort of thoughts on it and stuff uh, just to kind of add I suppose a slightly different look at it as well at the um, yeah all right, you need to be happy in your skin but if you're changing the way you look for aesthetic reasons so if you say you've got a photo shoot or something like that you kind of need to understand that you're about to peak at your best and that you also need to know that you're going to be coming back down from that um, and also um, if you have a long goal uh, it's going to be a slow process it could take you years so finding you know, learning to kind of appreciate the journey you're on can sometimes be more important than the end goal and focusing on the end goal as well um so yeah so just being kind of like happy with with the progress you're making sometimes has to override being happy with how you look right now as well i think it's fine to not like your body now but that should stop you from doing the things you want to do because you're scared of what other people think of it. Mm. It's, like, it's, it's like, oh, I'm whatever, 20 stone. I don't like the way I look. I want to be this weight and look like this. That's fine. It's just, you just, that's how you think. That's how it is, isn't it? But I don't, that shouldn't then stop you doing the things you love. Like people don't go out because they're overweight. It's like, I know sometimes it's hard if you're so obviously very, very overweight, but you shouldn't let how you look now dictate how you live your life in terms of going out, socialising, all that sort of stuff. That's what I think. And I think people need to stop looking, because it's everywhere now, look at films. Look at all the lead actors in films now. And every film, horror films, thrillers, action films, and men are shredded all the time. It's like, do you need to be shredded in this film? No, you don't. <laughs> Women the same. You don't really see the all, all the main actresses what they look like yeah. i think you get it more in um female like films and stuff so like if you were to name if you were to name a couple of like overweight male actors like you'd probably struggle um but if you were to name a couple of female 
overweight actor, actresses or actors, whatever they want to be called nowadays, um, you could probably name a few, but they always play that same kind of like silly, funny, bubbly character, um, that comedic role. Uh, thinking of like Rebel Wilson, there's a name Melissa McCarthy or something like that. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple, but when you look at guys, like you just don't get it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, bit, a bit wrong, isn't it? Uh, same with social media, and you see all these people, oh, look at, look at the shit I'm in. Yeah, you don't sustain that. You know, yeah. your physique show for one day, and then you're going to say the same now for the rest of the year. Or, I think maybe this is more men, like they see a fourth and they go, oh, that guy's massive, but really, he's not. He's probably like 10 stone on nine stone, which is not big, you know, especially with plenty of height, obviously. But, and the women are the same. Oh, look at they, look at they, look at their glutes. And look at their arms. Yeah, look how much Photoshop is on them as well. Look at the tan. Look at the special light that they've got on. I think one woman did it. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Like, where she was saying, oh, here's my photos when I'm trying to look good. And here's when I'm just hanging about. And the difference was ridiculous. Don't know she yeah. Regardless, she looked like two stone area. She was still a smart woman regardless. But the difference was nuts. Just because she was different lighting, different camera angles. She was pushing us and we got rather than sort of sucking in. It was like, well, you shouldn't really believe everything you see on Instagram, especially Instagram, which is for shit. Even Facebook, all these social media platforms, they're almost like they dick swing competitions. For me, from what I've seen in life and people I know in real life, the more shit they put on about how they look, what they do in, the less they fucking do in real life. And actually, they don't really look that good in real life. That's just my take on that a little bit at the end so don't believe everything you see on social media because most of it is bollocks nice no nice nice okay I reckon we round this up pretty pretty sharpish because we have gone on and on and on and on Um, so if we save good product bad product to next week um I've just, I've, I've just thought though, I've got a really good product actually. I could have brought out, although I can't think of a bad product I've had this week. Yeah. But we'll save it. Save it for next week. Save it for next week. Um, cool. So uh, we've all got a couple of spots opening for coaching at the moment. Um, so if you are wanting to change your life, uh, then get in touch. Either email info at nnncoaching.com or just hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you'll find us no nonsense nutrition. Um, anything anybody else wants to add? No, please. Uh, anything I want to add is please rate, review, subscribe, share, tell your friends, help us get to more people. Please, if you find this enjoyable, um, go back and listen to obviously on any of the other 120 episodes if you haven't already. Share some of those because um, there's some bangers there. Absolutely, yeah. It's probably more valuable content in the first 50 than there has been in the last. 70 odd um, whoa 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 people are here for the laughs, laughs. depends depends on what you want if you want like boring people then go back to the first 20 30 episodes <laughs> uh, if you haven't laughed once throughout this then uh don't, don't just don't listen anymore yeah just don't listen to anymore <laughs> it's fine. if you haven't laughed once and you got to this far what the fuck have you been doing with your life <laughs> yeah yeah you obviously had an hour to kill <laughs> uh, anywho right okay after la vista um baby thanks for listening to the no nonsense nutrition podcast we'll speak to you all next week